Yes, you know, I just sense the God's presence and his love and his goodness. I mean, it's, you're so blessed. <laughs> we are so blessed, you know? Uh, and we, it isn't that there isn't bad things happening in the world. And, you know, I, I, I spoke with an individual, and, and he's watching this news, and he's watching that news. He said, how bad the world is, how terrible this is. I said, don't watch the news. You know, he's just so depressed about life. And, I says, and he's like, how am I going to fix this? It's like, no. God's under control. We can pray about it. But don't get down in that dungeon of whatever, you know. Know that God is in charge. And yes, we need to know what's going on and all that type of thing. But, well, anyhow, that's a different subject. That's depressing. Anyhow, <laughs> the uh, whole understanding is Jesus is coming back. And we don't bury our head in the sand. We look to the coming of Christ and know that all these things are happening to bring us to that place where Jesus is coming back. And the last thing we want to do is be looking up when everybody else is gone. <laughs> no way. You know, so keep our hearts right with God and you know, keep that working in your life. Well, this morning, um, like I mentioned, we're going to do communion after uh, the message. And my title of the message is, What is the Meaning Behind Communion? Is that what I told you, Terry? The Meaning Behind Communion, the Lord's Table. Um, it's called uh, different things. Um, well, communion, the Lord's Table, things, such as things like that. But what we're referring to is what um, happened the night that Jesus was betrayed. Before the garden, you know, he had what is known as what we call the Last Supper. So God places a great premium on remembering, okay? God puts a great premium on remembering. Do this in remembrance. Now, it's, it's very important that Jesus is saying this at this moment. Do this in remembrance, all right? Now, um, we could look at our own life and say, okay, what is your testimony? What is it that you remember that God has done, made a significant impact in your life what is it that you remember and so when you talk about that you are doing that in remembrance of an event and we should all have that <laughs> we should all have that remembrance we should all have that place in us that you know that we touch for what jesus has done in our life and and uh, so what would you what would you say what is the thing that you would say to you don't have to tell me right now but i'm asking can you name one thing that God has done in your life in the last six months, six days, six minutes? <laughs> what has God done? And what significant impact has, he, has it brought to your life? And those are the things that we need to mark. We need to kind of set them up in our life as stones. You know, in the Old Testament, it was stones that they would build altars or, or build, um, make a stone pillar out of and that people can look back and remember. So what God is saying here, he's putting this premium, uh, pre he's putting a premium on remembrance. Maybe it's because our good shepherd knows that we are sheep. And what is the characteristic of sheep? Dumb. <laughs> they just ain't, they just wander, they can wander off. You know, it's like, it's like they wake up somewhere and it's like, I'm lost. Bah. <laughs> Somebody come get me. Bah. 
you know, wolf, come get me, wolf, bat, you know. They just call for anybody to come get them, you know. They're, they just wander off aimlessly. Well, if you don't put them in a fence, they do wander off. And if you don't have a good shepherd to keep them in line, they wander off. So maybe it's because God knows that as this good shepherd that the, our sheep, us, we're dumb, in the sense that we are likely to forget so that's why it's, he does, he says, do this in remembrance of me. And he wants us in our testimony to remember, to highlight. If you keep notes, if you keep a memoir, uh, diary, write it in there. Write it in what God, what, what God has done for you that day and what, what important it, how important it was for you. So the inhabitants of the Old Testament and New Testament were often called to remember what God had done, you know, Israel coming out of Egypt, what Jesus has done. And so with these stories of mercy and compassion and the provision and deliverance, God's people were to memorialize. Memorialize. They were to put uh, a, a caption to the event. They were to praise God for the event. And they were to pass it on to their children. So how many stories about God have we passed on? How many events have we given about Christ and his life uh, impact on our lives have we passed on to others? So there were sometimes, they were sometimes called to make memorial stones or, as we said, uh, these stones of, of memory. And Jacob, after he wrestled with the angel in his vision in Genesis, he built, a, built an altar there. And from Genesis to the prophets, and the end of the Old Testament, we hear God reminding his people, I brought you out of Egypt. <laughs> I brought you out of Egypt. So they are to remember, no matter how many generations, they are to remember what God did in the past. We have the 4th of July. What's that? It's a memory of Declaration of Independence. And so it's a mem memorializing the event that happened back in 1776. So that's, that's a, um, um, a pattern, a, a memorial that we have. We also find that, in essence, to remember then who I am, God is saying to us, remember who I am and remember who you are and that you are chosen by me to be my child and what I have done to you, for you, with you. So these are things that we are to look at and remember what God has done. In the passage of Luke chapter 22, verse um, 19 and 20, he says, Luke writes, And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. What is going on? Jesus is transformed the last Passover the coming out of Egypt into the first observance of the Lord's Supper. So whenever he's telling them, do this in remembrance of me, he is saying, I want you to remember me in this moment, not remember what I did thousand, a thousand years ago. A thousand years ago, I did this. Now, in fulfillment of that, I am doing this. It is the first observance. Do this. Eat this bread, drink this cup. Do this in remembrance of me and what I am doing and what I am doing, accomplishing tonight 
and tomorrow in providing for the deliverance of people from their sin. So that's why he says here, do this in remembrance of me. So they would not think of it as a continuation of the old covenant because Jesus had come to fulfill it. It was not a continuation of Passover. It was the beginning of a new covenant. So the old covenant began when the children of Israel, um, primarily began when the children of Israel came out of Egypt into their promised land. While the new covenant begins with Jesus and his shed blood upon the cross and uh, his life given and you know, his beating and dying on the cross and then resurrecting from the dead establishes the new covenant. So the setting is the final meal Jesus and his disciples would celebrate together. And before he had handed it over, before he was handed over to be crucified, he put this in place. So the Passover that the, Jewish, that the Jews memorialized, the very night that all of them were remembering why this took place, remembering the death angel, remember um, Moses telling them, take a lamb, sacrifice it, take the blood of the lamb, put it over the doorpost of your home, and the angel of death will pass over that home. While well, Jesus is saying, I am coming to do that, the angel of death Death will have no hold on you from this moment on. Do this in remembrance of me. So he brought them out of Egypt, but he's brought us out of sin. And he's taking us into a new land. The next question would be, what was the focus? Why was the to focus taken from remembering God's actions to release an enslaved Israel to remembering Jesus? What was the focus taken? Why was the focus, not what? Why was the focus taken from remembering God's actions about Egypt to um, remembering Jesus and what he was doing? Well, there was an order in the Passover that celebrated yearly. They celebrated this yearly. Um, the celebration during the Last Supper would be monumental. The typical meal was lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. At the meal with Jesus, we know these items were there, but they were not the focus. The, the focus of Passover was the, a lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. Well, as they are retelling the story of the Exodus, so whenever you are doing Passover, when the Jews were doing Passover, they would remember, okay? And... and when the children of Israel, when we were in Egypt, God sent Moses and the blood of the lamb, and we were, they were to prepare themselves to leave because the angel of death was coming to everyone who didn't have the uh, blood on the doorposts of their home. So they told the story. Well, now, in the retelling of it, they haven't, they, the old story is now changed to, what, a new story. With Christ, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. The dead object of the lamb, the bread, the wine, nourished the disciples and would become alive and active in Jesus. That which was dead and prepared would now become alive and active, sharper, quicker, you know, moving within our hearts and lives. So this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body. Old it was the lamb from the flock was taken. 
And this, it is the body of Christ given for you. He goes on to say this cup is the new covenant. You know, God made promises in, in the Old Testament, New Testament. And basically what that is, Old Covenant, New Covenant. The New Covenant is the agreement that God has given to us. It is a promise with mankind that he will restore lost humanity by forgiveness. He restores us to that position of relationship with God by forgiveness. And by that forgiveness, we are changed. That um, sin and is gone and we are restored by the communion. Communion? Not only is communion symboling of the bread and the cup, but is communion of fellowship with God. He goes on to say, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. <laughs> Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. His, his, is it where they had the drink offering in the Old Testament? They would pour out the offering. Well, Jesus is saying, I am pouring out my blood for you. Jesus is the completion, the fulfillment of what the Passover lamb and Passover symbolizes. It symbolizes God keeping Israel separated from the Egyptians and the angel of death that caused the Egyptians to say, get out of here. Well, that angel, that death has no hold over us because of what Christ has done. So remember, the Passover was now preparing yourselves for God's Lamb, who will die and resurrect. He died for sin. He resurrected that he is the first fruits of those who slept, meaning we shall live also. The Lamb's blood painted on the doorpost in the Egyptian home, excuse me, in the Israelite home, um, was the first expression of Jesus' blood. Being applied, to our home, being applied to our own lives that would cover sin, wash away sin. You know, think of the symbolism that, you know, Moses didn't know all, all of what this would mean. I, I always thought of when, when God met with Moses and Moses says, who shall I tell them has sent me? And, you know, I can just hear Charlton Heston hearing God's voice in the movie, I am that I am has sent you. Uh, and I used to think, what's that? <laughs> I am that I am. It's, you know, but it's, it was the beginning of the revelation because in Christ, I am the Lamb of God. I am the bread of life. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the I am of Moses and God speaking to Moses is fulfilled and, and comes to fruition and comes to fulfillment in the New Testament, when Jesus says that I am, <laughs> I am that I am. I am, I am the Son of God. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who forgives of sin. I am, all those I am's float into, come over into the New Testament. When Moses, by faith, was just saying, hearing, I am that I am, okay? That's enough for me. Let's go deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know, but we find how that that was a picture of how God delivers us from sin. There's a whole study on that, that um, when they brought, the children of Israel came out of Egypt, where did they go? They, where, they went to the Red Sea. And what happened? They went through the Red Sea on dry ground. Well, when we come out of sin, we are forgiven of sin, we are to be baptized. We are baptized in water. <laughs> and it's that same symbolism that as the children of Israel went through 
the water, so too we are baptized in water as a symbol of what God has done for us. So it's the blood of the Lamb being our testimony for Christ, dead to the old way, alive to newness of life. <laughs> so it, it's all just pictures of what happens in our life of our relationship with God. So this new covenant then uh, was needed. It wasn't that the old one didn't work. Jesus came and fulfilled them. God hadn't failed. He just was preparing, you know, in the old agreement, God was preparing for the new agreement, the new covenant. And the new agreement would begin with Christ. The old agreement began with the law and with um, Abraham and the promise, and then uh, Moses and the law and all that. So the old agreement had a progression that pointed to the new agreement to Jesus. So he would be the sacrifice. He would be the sacrificial lamb. Every year, what did the priests do? They had to offer the lamb as a sacrifice in the temple. Jesus, once and for all. He doesn't die every time we take communion. There's some theologies that teach that. Every time you um, take communion, Christ dies again. No. He died once and for all. There's no, he doesn't have to die again. His, his, his work was once and for all. Jesus literally gave his body and blood for the remission of sins. He literally gave himself so that we could be forgiven of our failures. <laughs> we could be forgiven for the things we've done wrong. You know, well, why should we be forgiven? Because God loves us, and so he loves us, and in that love, he forgives. So we would wonder, how could the one they came to believe was the Messiah, who was supposed to save them from the Romans, and usher in peace as the king would be the one who would be talking about dying for the world. So the disciples, they were believing Jesus was coming back and he was going to come and he was going to take care of that piece of dirt over there we know as, uh, you know, Israel, that piece of the planet over there. And they're saying the Messiah is coming, he's going to redeem us, drive out the Romans, and we're going to have our, our land back. And Jesus says, no, I'm coming because I want to take care of the world. <laughs> they, want a, they want a strip of land for their Messiah to own. And Jesus is saying, no, I've come for the whole world. <laughs> what a difference. And that's what Christ has done in our lives. He's greater than the things that we have planned. Um, so they didn't know it at the time. But at the Last Supper, Jesus encouraged them to follow this pattern. He wanted them to remember. He wanted them to remember his sacrifice for them. And they didn't know what it was yet. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. We're going to celebrate Passover tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do this, Jesus. <laughs> you know, they had no clue. But Jesus is saying, now, what happens is God is preparing them for something that's yet to happen. Guess what? God does the very same thing for us. He is preparing you and our, our lives. He's preparing us for something that is yet to take place. And so in the preparation, we say, well, God, why is God giving me this knowledge? Why is God, uh, why is this impressed in my mind? Why, you know, it's okay. Don't question it. 
accept it, deal with it, and allow it to be part of your life, but know that God is preparing and that when difficulties come, we have an answer, we have a solution, we have, some, we have a course of action. So he sacrificed for them and celebrate their salvation through the body and the blood, the bread and the cup. Do this in remembrance of me. This is a personal Jesus. A personal Jesus. It's not a religious ritual. A religious ritual is, here, take this, take this, it means this, uh, and go your merry way. <laughs> it is a personal thing. If it's not personable, personal to you that Jesus has done this, then you shouldn't take it. Because Jesus was telling them, do this to remember me. And also he promises that I will drink with you again this cup and bread in my Father's kingdom. He's looking forward to us partaking uh, with it, uh, uh, of the cup and the bread in heaven. So, so how can we remember Jesus when taking communion? How can we remember Jesus? Well, by focusing on what it means, remembrance. It, is, it, is, it isn't just bread and juice. <laughs> We're remembering. Jesus is doing this. He's breaking the bread, and he's saying, this is my body. Okay? The body of Christ broken on the cross. Now, it, it is a symbol of his body. It's a symbol of his brokenness that he was willing to suffer and die for our sins. So we just focus in our mind, this means Jesus dying on the cross. It means Jesus being beaten and whipped and scourged and pulled out his beard and beaten with fists and put a crown of thorns on his head and, and beaten on his head with palm branches and dragging his cross to Golgotha and, you know, all the torture and all that. He said, this is my body broken for you. It was broken. And then the juice, this is my blood poured out for you. Jesus bled and died on the cross. He bled, he bled out. The blood of the lamb sacrificed for the sins of the people. It's interesting. Somewhere in here I have, I hope I didn't skip it. Um, in Exodus, I believe it's Exodus, yeah, Exodus 24, 7 and 8. I, I did skip it. This is Mo, um, Moses. Then he, Moses, took the book of the covenant and read. Okay? Took the book of the covenant and he read it. At the, at, as the people listened. They said, everything God, um, everything God said we will do. Yes, we will obey. Verse 8. Moses took the rest of the blood and threw it out over the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God may, had made with you. Out of all these words I have spoken. This, <laughs> Moses took the blood of the lamb and he talked about the covenant that God had done, and he took that blood and he threw it out over the congregation. 
telling them this is the blood of the covenant that God has established with you. <laughs> and Jesus on the cross shed his blood and, he, you know, and it is shed in our hearts. You can, I can just picture that, you know, Moses, and I, I never read that. I've read it before, but didn't stop to think about it. He took the, the blood that was in the basin from taking it from the lamb. They slit the lamb's throat and ca caught the blood and the blood of the covenant. And when he was finished with this and the people had promised to obey God's command, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. That's my, God's command. That we live a life pleasing to God. That's his command. We ask him for guidance. We ask him for his word to be made alive in us. And then the cup, the juice. His blood. Blood of the lamb shed upon the doorposts of the homes. The blood here that Moses says, <laughs> throws out over the congregation. It's for you. Wow. I wonder what impact that made. <laughs> I wonder what impact that made upon them. So we find that it's not enough to hear these words. We need to feed. We need to fill our hearts and minds with the truth. We need to fill our hearts and minds with the truth of God's word. Because it's on these words God calls us to remembrance. It's on these words God calls us to remember. Remember what I've done. Never forget it. Allow it to sink into your hearts and minds. In doing so, we remember what Jesus died for. He died for my sin. He died so that I might be restored to the right relationship with God. We don't have to, we have to, you know, people say, well, once you're saved, you, don't, you shouldn't have to confess your sin. No. We all, you know, sin and thought, word, or deed, no matter what it is, we're looking for always having a clean slate between us and God for the, the continual ongoing conversation with God. This ongoing relationship that we have, we want it to be one of personal relationship, friendship. That's what God wants. And so we're not, always, we're not continually seeing ourselves as a wretched sinner, beaten down, dragging ourselves to the cross, being forgiven and dragging ourselves away and then dragging ourselves back again as a wretched sinner. No. He has saved us. He has restored us. And we are forgiven, and that relationship that we have with God is the one that keeps us. And the word of God is alive. It's keeping us. It convicts us. It is truth. It is, it is victory. It is success. It is allowing the word of God to mold us into a relationship with him. In doing so, we remember that Jesus died and that he rose to new life, providing providing us the authority to live. <laughs> the authority to live in Christ. He truly is the bread of life. John 6, 32. He spoke of the true bread from heaven. is Jesus. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. Because the, the children of Israel are always talking about the manna that, God, that Moses gave them. And Jesus is saying, Moses didn't give you that manna. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The manna was that which came from heaven and was there for the years that the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. And manna, do you know what, you know what manna means? What is it? <laughs> they got up every morning, what is it? It's manna. <laughs> you want to live? Eat it. <laughs> well, we find here, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. The, the Israelites were saying, Moses brought us bread. And Jesus says, God the Father brought you bread. And now I'm telling you, I am the bread of life. And whosoever comes to me will never go hungry. Spiritual hunger. He fulfills. He lives within us. You will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never thirst. <laughs> now anyone can come to him and find that eternal relationship. How can we remember Jesus? Well, do this in remembrance of me. Reaches beyond communion. This little service that we have. Beyond, beyond our once a month time that we spend with communion. Without the manna, they died. Without the manna, the children of Israel died. Without the blood of Christ and the body of Christ, we die. So we remind ourselves of the life that we have that's been given to us by Jesus himself. So when we take of communion, we want to do so in remembrance of him. Amen? Do this in remembrance of me. I, yes, you're doing here tonight, we're celebrating the old, you know, Passover. But that's okay. Today we're starting something new. Do this in remembrance of me. Because tomorrow or tonight it begins. <laughs> um, the, the, the garden, the sweating, the, the drops of blood. The agony of going what, of what is ahead of him. You see, Jesus defeated the cross in the garden. He defeated the cross in the garden. Because it was there, he went through the agony of it and the, and the, the, the tension of it. And he sweat the drops of blood. But he went on. When he stood up from there, went out and met Judas. And we're doing this because... I am the bread of life. Amen.